You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. July 23rd, just a little after 7.30. It is opening day in MLB baseball tonight, but we are talking about basketball. As always, joining me, my co-host, Chip Murphy. Chip, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. Just maxing and relaxing. Very excited to talk some hoops. Uh, Chip and I are continuing our NBA's A through Z um, series here. Uh, last week we talked about the Memphis Grizzlies, and tonight we are very happy to bring on a friend of the pod, uh, a man who's made uh, plenty of appearances, doesn't need an introduction at all, uh, hoops habits, and um, I believe the runs the site for the, the, the heat for hoops habit. Colin Lauren, Colin, what's going on, man? How's your evening going so far? It's better now. It's definitely better now. Now that, now that we're all linked up, man. No, feeling good. We had, we had basketball, man. Basketball's back. Uh, other than that, I mean, what could you really ask for? Yeah. I, uh, we were, Chip and I, we were, we were talking with Colin a little over a week, trying to figure out when we were going to do this heat episode. And uh, in classic Chip and Colin um, dialogue, you know, Chip, Chip, Chip just throws out a, a pretty harmless question. Oh, you know, like, what do you, what do you want to discuss tonight? And Colin just shoots back with, you know, basketball preferably. And I could just, I didn't, I didn't hear any response. I didn't even know, I didn't even see that. But the funny thing is, like, I, if, if Chip would have noticed but didn't say anything, it would have been a classic <laughs> fuck off response. Like, I was waiting for it. It didn't happen. But I was, I was like, in my mind, I was like, Chip probably let one off there. Um, but uh, that's, that's where we are tonight. We are definitely discussing basketball. We are definitely discussing Miami Heat, uh, a really great franchise and organization, um, and they're in a good place right now. You know, as we stand before the NBA really gets into uh, the midst of its restart, they are sitting in the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference, I believe, forty-one and twenty-four. Uh, Colin, let me know if that's uh, correct. And um, they have been a very impressive team so far. Uh, they are, you know. Very good at defending. They are very good at scoring. Uh, they're an analytically sound team. They have a bunch of versatile forwards that are really great at shooting the three ball. They have a good coach, good uh, front office. I mean, the list can go on and on. But I think where I want to f- start this off with first is, um, you know, the, the Heat obviously signed Jimmy Butler in the off season, and uh, you know, I, I think most people can presumably you know, figure out that that's going to improve their team. But Colin, as we sit prior to the NBA's restart, what's been the most surprising part of the their record, their performance? You know, what's kind of stood out to you um, as they sit, you know, in the in the fourth seed right now? I tell you what, I'm not sure what the most uh, impressive thing is, but one thing I would note is just the seamless transition from starless team to now being led by an alpha in Jimmy Butler. I mean, he just kind of, they worked him right in. And I understand, you know, there's a, there's a culture set in Miami. Uh, it's, it's league known, but to go from not having a guy that is demanding the ball like that, not that he does, he plays great, you know, off the ball as well, but you've got a, an all-star now that you're given the last shot. And it's just for them to incorporate that so seamlessly, you know, over just a couple months from when free agency started to the season, I think is an even bigger testament to their to their culture and what they have going on down there. 
And I know, uh, you know, Chip and I are both huge uh, Jimmy Butler fans. It's it's really fun watching that guy play. He is not only very skilled, um, he's an intense guy. He's a great competitor. Uh, you, you hear it, it's, you know, buzzwords and sentences thrown around, but I really do believe that he lifts uh, the talent level of, of your teammates just based on the way he carries himself as a professional. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing, like, as, and you talked about the Heat culture, and it, there's very clear that there's something there. You know, you've heard about the, the legendary workouts, um, the amount of monitoring that goes into like, you know, the player's body fat and, you know, making sure that everyone is on um, a very strict, you know, diet, watching their nutrition and whatnot. Uh, Besides Pat Riley and uh, Eric Spolstra, you know, is there anyone else that you can point to that you feel like is really responsible for this culture? Because it just seems like everything they touch turns to gold. Their drafting, their signings, like I'm looking at guys that are playing big roles this year, Derek Jones Jr., Kelly Olenek. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Bam. Like, I don't know that where any of these players, when they started, that there were a lot of, you know, there were a lot of analysts out there um, saying that these guys would be difference makers uh, for a ball club going forward. But here we are. They are. And, and they're all in the heat and they're playing great. Um, what do you really feel like you attribute that to, if, if anything outside of Pat Riley or Eric Spolstra? Well, I think, you know, from from an analytical standpoint and, you know, from the scouting and drafting purposes, obviously you have to give credit to the coaching staff. But for what they've built, I think I'd mostly just credit the players of Heat Past. Uh, you know, Morning, Hardaway, Wade, even Shaq in his brief stint, LeBron when he was there, like these guys getting to do what they did, accomplishing as much as they did, and then still having an affinity for this organization when they're not even in the building wearing a jersey. It's, you know, it's, it's easy to, to draft somebody and expect that they're going to come in and you're going to tell them, I mean, you're the coaching staff, so obviously you're going to tell them how they're going to work, how they're going to play and do these things, but for these guys to be able to buy in from day one, it's that precedent that's being set by all the guys who've come before them. You know, they probably walk into the locker room, they're looking at pictures of D-Wade, Braun, Bosch, Morning, Hardaway, all these guys, like, those guys are not around now, but... They are very much felt in that locker room and in that building. I promise you that much. Chip, how about you? What's the first question that comes to mind um, when when you're thinking about the Miami Heat? Yeah, to keep it on Jimmy Butler for a second. Like he's averaging career highs in assists. He's leading the team in assists. He's averaging career highs in rebounds. Second on the team in rebounds. He's fourth in the entire NBA in free throw rate which is crazy. The only guys ahead of him in free throw rate are bigs. Pretty much everybody up near him is a big and James Harden. So he's just having the season of his career. He's having a terrible three-point shooting season, and no one's talking about it. That's how well you know he's playing. Because if he wasn't playing great, everyone would be talking about his shooting because that's how the way it works. But just to go into Jimmy Butler, like when the heat, when he isn't on the court, like, who do you think is the guy for them in the playoffs? Because eventually, that's what we always talk about when a team's best player isn't on the court. Like, we talk about with the Lakers, how bad they are when LeBron is off the court. And back in the day, like, when Harden is off the court, they had to bring in Chris Paul to help out the Rockets. Like, when Jimmy Butler isn't on the court, who's going to score for the Heat? I'm going to be honest with you guys, and I don't think either of you would have guessed it if I posed the same question. Um, but one thing that I've learned since kind of joining up and having to cover the Heat and read more often about them and watch them more often, Goran Dragic has a lot of fucking respect on this team and, number one, like the coaching staff. These guys know if they give him the ball and drop the play, more times than not he's going to get the ball in the basket. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that happen, a situation like that if Jimmy Butler's off the floor and they need a bucket for Dragic to be given the ball and told, you know, go to the hoop. Because the other thing with this roster is that there's just so many young guys that haven't experienced the playoffs. And a lot of people like to think that it's overhyped, but the playoffs really is a different beast. Like, it takes a different motor to play the same team up to seven times. So, I think if Jimmy Butler's off the floor and you're Eric Spolstra and you want to draw the play and you want to get a bucket or you even want to just push something into the offense, because obviously not even to not, not to mention the fact that he's a point guard, I think you're going Dragic. 
That makes sense. That's yeah. a- and just to push that like one step further, like they're dependent on a lot of young guys in the playoffs, like Hero, Robinson, Nunn, all really inexperienced guys in the playoffs. And particularly Robinson. Robin's like Duncan Robinson, if you look deeper at his numbers, one of the most valuable players in the entire NBA this year. The second, by the numbers, the second most efficient player in the entire NBA behind Mitchell Robinson. Crazy efficient numbers. Uh, Like, we've seen shooters like that just get totally locked up in the playoffs. Like, the pin downs, the curls they come off of, they get locked up. Do you think, like, Duncan Robinson is going to get negated by, like, a great defense, like maybe the Bucs or someone like that? Or maybe not necessarily the Bucs because they just tend to give up a lot of threes. But another great defense, someone else. Like, do you think it's still going to be him just shooting 45% from three in the playoffs? Or is he going to get, I don't know, Steve Novak or something? Honestly, or maybe not to that extreme, but yeah. Right. No, I think that I think things will will uh, pretty much stay the same for him, and I'd, I'd account for that for him mostly because he is 26. He's a little bit older than somebody who was just drafted. Uh, that's number one. Number two, they know how to find him his shots. He moves off the ball well enough to where if he is starting to get that eye from the defense, number one, they've got enough shooters to put behind him to where if you double him up, you're giving the ball to somebody else. But also the fact that. I would look at the veterans that they brought in as well. They've got guys that they brought in, Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, even Solomon Hill. These guys are just going to be on the floor to make him available at times. You know what I mean? Like, I would anticipate that Duncan Robinson's numbers don't go too much one way or the other. The guy just seems consistent. I don't think it's a one-season phenom. Uh, I'd expect the same out of him next season. Um, He just came out, what was it, uh, last night. They played a scrimmage against the Kings, which – Obviously, I know the Kings are flaming garbage right now without De'Aaron Fox, Bagley, and whoever else, Harrison Barnes. But he opened, like, three for three from deep, like, in the first, like, couple minutes. Like, just not missing any. And it was nothing but net, brother. Like, the guy finished five for eight. I mean, he just came out ready to shoot. He's obviously been working. I think the the misconception here, too, that a lot of people subconsciously drag their minds to is, like, a Jimmy – I mean, uh, an Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns like situation where these guys are. I've said it a hundred times before, and Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns would both eat me alive, even if I was their size and their weight. But these guys are number one. Well, how high did uh, Cat go? Was he number two? Cat. Cat was one. Cat was one. Yeah, he was one. Okay, Wiggins and Cat. Yeah, yeah. Forgive me, but these guys are like bred and pedigreed, knowing that they're going to be good at this, and they're going to be drafted, and they're going to be fine. These guys that they've got on this Heat team, you got undrafted guys, you got guys that draft, grounded out their way from the G League. They have been building up to this moment, and they know that how much it counts. These guys are playing for their next deal. They're playing for whatever their career is going to be. Duncan Robinson is no exclusive from that. I think largely you should expect the same in the postseason. Yeah, I th- and to piggyback on that, so like you know, in prep for this pod. Uh, I'm always trying to go on the the Reddit channels for each kind of um, team and see like what's a big topic of conversation. And one question that came up that I thought was really interesting was that somebody posed, you know, who do you think would have the better career? Not necessarily the upside, but who do you think would have the better career between Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero? Now, Hero is obviously a lot younger, um, and he, you know, there there's a lot that comes with that. But um, when you have such a valuable guy like Duncan Robinson, and the other thing is too, like I don't think he's just a standstill shooter. Like to me, he's not a he's not a Novak. Like he like he can shoot off the dribble. Like he he is super super valuable, as Chip was saying before. Um, is it just a, a is it just like a, a non conversation? Okay, Hero is going to have the better career, or what would you say to that? No, I don't think it's a non conversation, and I think that. The last couple months, well, excuse me, not like excluding the uh, the break, but the last couple months before the break, I think that that conversation was starting to be taken a little more seriously because uh, there's always the question of is he going to is he going to sustain his shooting? Whereas in Hero, you've got a guy who's been relatively consistent, whether he's shooting great or not, he's putting buckets up, he's getting rebounds. His role is a little bit different, but 
to look at Robinson as a 26-year-old already. Harrow will have six more years under his belt until he's at the point where Robinson is now. Right. It's It would be really hard for me to say that Robinson's going to have a better career after entering the league at 26, after a year or two in the G League. Harrow is the 13th overall pick. Uh, I think that whether he ends up remaining in Miami or not, I think that there's going to be a lot more to his game than what we're seeing right now. Because, again, he is only 20 years old. You know, you look at a guy like uh, like Kevin Knox, for example, too. Like, I understand the soft spot that we've all got for him, but he is only he's 21 now, right? I, like, I'm not going to lie. I don't, I don't have a huge soft spot for Kevin Knox. I know other Knicks fans do, but he is That's because of your Trier stuff. Though. Yeah, well, part of it. <laughs> part of it, but, you know, Kevin Knox... He's he's got a ways to go, man. Well, I'm saying, how different is his game going to be at 25? Whether he's a starter or not, when you get those years under your belt and you go year to year to year in the NBA, and maybe not in a situation like the New York Knicks have been, Harrow is going to look so different in six years that I, it'll probably seem silly that we even ask the question. Uh, but right now, within this context, I definitely think there's like it's worth talking about. I just if I had to call it, if I had to bet it, I think six years from now we look back and we think this is a silly discussion. Gotcha. Um, Chip, I know that you wanted to touch on Bam, who has obviously been a huge part of the Heat's success. Um, what do you got for Colin on that end? Oh, I didn't have anything on Bam, particularly. I wanted, oh. to, talk, I wanted to talk about Rob. I thought you wanted to talk about Bam. My I'll, bad. I'll talk about Bam if you want. Um, no, I didn't have any... Well, how about this? You know what? I can... I'll, I'll switch it to this. It's... Um, it's it's technically more of like a salary cap thing, but like to me, the Heat, they're like in a crazy situation. Um, they, they could potentially be going from $135 million in committed in salaries to around 80 next year if they let everything go in terms of their options, right? Um, Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson could both be restricted free agents. Um, I, I think they both have a qualifying offers coming up that are a little over a million each. Uh, Bam is also entering, he's going to be entering the final year of his rookie deal. So he's going to be eligible for an extension when this year is over. All of the talk around the heat has been 2021, right? Like we're trying to make sure our books are clear for 2021. Um, Do you think that the heat will offer Bam an extension this summer and say, listen, we have a, a a key part of our core, you know, we don't, it's not that we don't care about 2021, but like we're not going to let him touch free agency. Um, or do you think they say, let's wait a year, um, hit free agency, we'll, we'll hit you with that max. Um, but we just want to make sure that our books are clear enough to potentially pursue a Giannis or someone like that. No, I don't. It's, it's Pat Riley, man. I don't think there's any way that he lets them even get close. I think that as soon as this season's over, he puts the offer on the table, Bam signs up. Because him and Jimmy as a two-man game have been really fun, too. Yeah. I think that really sold on that, whether they get a third star or not, or whether that's going to risk it. Uh, I think they can still sign. I'm no cap expert by any means, but they should obviously still be able to sign Bam to somewhat of an extension right now, and then they'll have room, or they'll be able to make room to sign that guy in 2021 if they get to that point. Uh but no, I, I strongly doubt that they even come close to thinking about this. They probably already had their minds settled for months. Bam is uh, hes just a defensive mongrel. Like, what he can't do with the three-point shot, he just makes up on the other end of the ball. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. He just seems like a Miami guy to me. For Riley to let him walk would be a little silly. Yeah. I know um, it, the other thing with Bam, we were talking about Duncan Robinson, a stat that I saw that was uh, pretty cool. Uh, I think it was a tweet from Kirk Goldsberry that Bam and Duncan Robinson were the highest tandem for assisted three-point shots this year. And I think it was like yeah. 70, 70 made threes, which just shows you how um, smart of a player Bam is, that whether it's passing out of the double team or finding open shooters, that like he's able to key in on one of the key parts of the Heat's offense, which is going to be getting Duncan Robinson open looks. Um Chip and, and Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, then that's that's why he was an all star because he can also pass the rock. Uh, he can keep it moving, and it's it's one of those things. It's the heat culture. 
I watched, you know, I can't tell you how many plays I watched last night in the scrimmage where four guys touched the ball before it went in the hoop. You know, like, they like to move the ball. If Bam wasn't doing that, I don't think he'd even be an all-star. Chip, what about you? Anything else uh, he related? Anything else what related? Oh, he, he. Sorry. No, my bad. Oh, heat, heat related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I just wanted to ask what Colin, what you thought their crunch time five was going to be in the playoffs. Because I watched the scrimmage and I saw Myers Leonard is back. And, I mean, other than Jimmy and I assume Drogic too, uh, do you, and Bam, obviously, do you know who their other two spots, or have any guesses, obviously, of what their five is going to be? I don't know. Jimmy will be on the floor. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I was like, we gotta. I was like, we gotta press pause on this real quick. <laughs> yeah, like we're guy going. No, uh, I honestly wouldn't even count Drogic in just yet, dude. I really, I would, really? I would see how it plays out. He's doing six man for them right now. None has done a lot of good things. There's a reason that they're starting none. Period. It's not just that they can push Drogic in toward the end of games. Uh, I think right now it's like that, but you want to see how these guys play in the playoffs too. Uh, but obviously it's Drogic, Jimmy, Bam. And because of Bam's like inability to knock down the three ball, you've got to have Leonard out there. That's why Leonard has been so big for them this season because he can space the floor next to Bam. Uh, so you've got you know one of Drogic or none. I'm not sold either way. Uh, like I said, Drogic is definitely a guy if you want a bucket. That's where they're going to go with, but it's – there are other factors at play. Uh, and then, what, Jimmy, Bam, Myers, I don't know, small Ford, it could be anybody from Iggy to Duncan. Yeah, I don't know. I, Iggy looked good last night. I know Chip isn't going to want to hear this, but Iggy looks good. He looks springy. He did look good. I mean, he's still an asshole for what he did to the Grizzlies, <laughs> but he looked good. He looked good, dude. He looked real springy, and he was moving that rock. Can I just throw this in there real quick? Kelly Olynyk and Bam this year are minus 1.2 points, one, uh, 100 possessions. Hmm. So they should not – Kelly Olynyk should not yeah, be in the Yeah, that's not very surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. just from what I've watched. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. surprise me too much. Myers Leonard has been really good this year, though. Yeah. Really underrated He's earned himself three contracts. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. And you know, he's really he's really enjoying being in Miami. It's one of those things too where he's only had one other NBA home in Portland, so obviously he's going to be more inclined to re-sign with Miami if the deal's right, because this is his second NBA home and he's finding another fit for himself. So I would I wouldn't be surprised to see him back next year either. Uh, but no, him and Bam have been a great duo this season in the front court for them. The way he was he was on low post recently, and the way he was talking, it sounds like he wants to come back to Miami. So I guess he wants to stay in Miami. Yeah, he's yeah. he's pretty much made that very clear. Uh, but yeah. there's also they've got an agenda. You know, Jeff brought it up. They've got an agenda. So it's just who can you keep, who can you not? Miami has six free agents this summer, so they're gonna have some decisions to make. Well, Drogic's the priority, right? Yeah, even if it's and again, like they've talked about, it, like a one year deal for like seventeen million. Something like that, but I doubt they sign him in the long-term cap space at that number. Yeah, I think they're going to try and actually take a similar approach that the Knicks did. Even if they have guys that that they like that are already on the team, just sign them to balloon one-year deals, hope they accept it, and then just you know run it back with that, and then let it all roll off the cap for the pursuit of Giannis or uh, that that free agent class for 2021. The Knicks should match yeah. that seventeen million for Drogic. Oh, hundred percent. They really yeah. should go out there. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> really even, if, even if the Knicks offered him twenty million, you know, and the, and the Heat offered him seventeen, he's gonna stay in Miami. Yeah. 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 I know. I'd be just... surprised. He'd definitely be fun in New York. I was watching him last night. I forgot how funny he is to watch play, but I don't know, man. You have a hard. Yeah, time he gets along. He clearly has so much fun playing with Butler. So I just well, don't yeah. see. Yeah, I think it's too like that's Fulcher, man. That's his guy. You know. This is um, yeah. I have a very Colin Loring question to ask, so I'm very interested to hear your I'm very interested to hear your response. So I hope I live up to the hype. No, 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 you you will because I could just see you writing an article about this. So like the Heat have been linked to a lot of different players and basically stars in the league. Like who is going to come run 
with Jimmy to make this team, you know, a, a, a top two seed in the East or or a legitimate title contender. And I'm I don't say that in such a negative way because I believe that there is such a strong team. Now a lot of things would have to break right for them to get to the finals, but I love the Miami Heat and I love the way they play, and I I think they could match up well against anybody. And if they're playing really well, I don't think there's a team that wants to see them in the playoffs. However, that being said. They've been linked to uh, Bradley Beal, Donovan Mitchell, Oladipo, Giannis. If who do you think is most likely to join Butler in Miami? Do you think it will be via trade or free agency? Chris Paul too. Chris Paul. Chris I was going to say, Chris. in in my mind, the most ideal would be Chris Paul. Just grabbing him through trade. I think if you grab Chris Paul right now, you Eastern Conference Finals most likely. Uh, but there's also Chris Paul's getting older, but it's just the the way his game ages. But when you're talking about who most likely would join, honestly, I gotta say Beal, man. And I'm really? not like I was I was covering the Wizards earlier this season. Now I'm covering the Heat. It's not like my transition bias, but Beal was already close to signing with them before, and that's before they had Jimmy. Yeah. Now they've got Jimmy. They've got Bam as an All Star. I really think that Bradley Beal is the most likely. Um, I love that he's sticking around in Washington, and I have a lot of respect for that, but I think that as soon as things start to go wrong, he's going to make a business decision really quickly. Uh, the free agency is tough, and I don't really buy the Giannis hype. I understand it, but I don't buy it. <laughs> uh, I just, I mean, that dude has been born and bred in Milwaukee. You know, I don't, for him to leave, I'd be honestly shocked. They'd have to have like a meltdown of the playoffs this year. And then that would lead to him not signing the Supermax, playing out another year, which would only make things worse. And as we've seen, like that tends to have an influence at times on these guys. So, I don't know. I think I think the chances that Giannis are a lot slimmer than the national media would lead you to believe. You know, uh, C. Durant, comma, Kevin, New York Knicks of 2019. <laughs> Chip, what do you think and about that? And does he want to play? Yeah, and does he want to play with Jimmy Butler? Because he's not going anywhere alone. So he may want to bring his own friend wherever he goes. <laughs> so and we know he's already friends with Pascal also, Siakam in Toronto. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that would be the other thing, too. Like, I would say the most tempting thing for him is probably Toronto. That's what it feels like. I don't know. Yeah, that would make the most sense if I was Giannis, like in my mind. <laughs> I, I mean, leaving unless – I think he's more likely to leave if he wins a championship because mm. then he can leave – like LeBron left Cleveland the 50th time. He getting, left Cleveland, whatever job, it was. But at least he go got the, the job done, right? Yeah, exactly. Because then he can go back when he wants to, and he's still a legend. He brought the Bucks another championship, and then he can actually go back if he wants to and, and like retire there or something. But no, I speaking of like free agents, I was reading your uh, articles, Colin, before we jumped on here, and I saw you wrote the thing about Hayward. Uh, for free agency, I totally forgot Gordon Hayward has a player option. And I highly doubt he's going to opt out of his player option, but he does have free agency coming up technically. And you wrote about him possibly joining the Heat, and he did meet with the Heat, and I don't know how serious that was, but you wrote if he could like help out the Heat, and you were writing about him, you wrote about Jeremy Grant, because I guess that was one of Bleacher Report's uh, yeah. options for and Spencer a Spencer Dinwiddie trade. Bleacher Report was throwing out all these random stuff for Miami, just the way they do. I guess they do this for all the teams, not just the Knicks. But do you yeah, have? They uh, do, yeah. And yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, do you have any like other free agents outside of like the top names we were just talking about that you think that he could be interested in? I gotta be honest, I really don't, man. I wish I had something to just like bust some balls here, but I really don't. I think that their MO is gonna be keeping the guys that they can in house and then sign whoever's left for cheap. That just that seems to me the way that Riley's gonna go. Yeah. So you think they're out on Gallinari? I I don't think they're gonna do it. I don't think they're gonna come to terms because again, like the long term cap space now, the way he's playing right now, he could always be a guy that you can trade at some point, but I don't know. I don't I'd have a hard time. If they didn't pull the trigger at the trade deadline, I don't see why they'd do it now. 
Yeah, because they couldn't come to terms with him on an extension, right? But it's only going to get bigger. Like, it's not going to get smaller. <laughs> yeah, but now, I mean, is anyone, I guess maybe a shitty team, like the Hawks, still give him a, a long-term contract or something, but... The Knicks are going to give him, like, 14 years, 300 million. I read that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I know... Uh, he's not... He's not is he CAA? Because if he's not CAA, he's not getting a contract yeah, at all. Right, that's right. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I know Bur, uh, Davis Bertans was a name that was kind of thrown out there a little bit as like a potential heat target as well. But um, I think I think Colin's probably right. I mean, like they, they probably are going to just keep it in-house, um, give those one-year balloon deals out, and, and just see kind of what happens to that, making sure that they keep everything rock steady for 2021. Um, let me shift the conversation a little bit towards the playoffs just because uh, it's, it's all coming up pretty fast. So I was looking at the Heat's record against the top Eastern Conference opponents. They're 2-0 and against the Bucks this year, 3-1 and against the 76ers, 2-0 and against the Raptors, but 0-2 against the Celtics. Um, given their record... And where they are right now, they could technically make it anywhere from the third seed to the sixth. Um, what are your honest? What's your honest opinion on their chances of making an Eastern Conference final and potentially an NBA final this season? They have a lot of things going for them. It's hard when you've got teams like the Bucks and the Seventy Sixers. But I've said it a hundred times before. I don't believe in the Seventy Sixers as they are constructed. Uh, there's a reason why they were so good at home, and then as soon as they got on the road, they shit the bed. Uh, the Al Horford move didn't make a lot of sense to me. I think they overinvested in Tobias Harris, but that's a team that I wouldn't be worried about if I'm the Heat. Uh, again, they're 2-0 against the Bucks. Yeah, I, I realized earlier the Heat are a terrible away team. Now, obviously, I guess it's, it's less relevant because of the uh, the bubble, but they've won in Milwaukee and Philadelphia. And those are obviously the two biggest threats to them. I'm not, I'm not concerned about Toronto's longevity. I don't think. I think they've had a great regular season. I think they'll get in, either fight a really hard first round or bounce out in the second. Uh, for the Heat, it's going to be all about who do you get. Uh, I think right now there's still a chance that they could get the Pacers, right? Yeah, if they get the Pacers five. and could get a five game because I can just see vintage Oladipo showing up randomly for one game and he goes for like 36 and they, they pull it off. But if you can get the Pacers in the first round, I feel a lot better about the Eastern Conference Finals, no matter who they play in the second round. Because if you're going to be that rested, I don't think there's going to be that much of an easier matchup elsewhere aside from the Bucks, who will most likely play the Magic. So it could be interesting. I don't know. I like the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, but to get into the Finals, I just still don't think they're there yet. They're a very – they're collectively just a great unit right now, and they're operating as a team like a lot of the other guys around the league are not. But I still think, I mean, there's a reason that they're trying so hard for that 2021 person. They're not trying to overload it like the fucking Warriors did, but because they know that they're still a piece away. And I think that will more so come to light once they get to the Eastern Conference Finals or towards the end of that second round. I'd be interested to see what happens. Chip, you feel the same way? Did you just try and slip in there that you think the Raptors might get bounced in the first round, or did I mishear you? Whoa. Chip, I would never say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I, I thought I must have misheard you. You maybe you said second round. Maybe you said second round. Yeah. No. Absolutely. You must have been saying uh, no. You said. Uh, you said fucking first round, didn't Ch- you? Chip was Still about, not believing in the Raptors. Chip was about. I think. I honestly. I think the Raptors are going to the conference finals. I really do. I think they're going to the conference finals. But we don't need to get uh, into that debate. Uh, okay, yeah. fine. You know what? We will. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just don't get it, dude. I, I don't even have anywhere to, to like to to come at you um, from an immediate standpoint. I just I would ask what you really like about the Raptors team. They're coming off the finals run, but when you put them in that playoff scenario, they will most likely make the second round. But if they lose seven games in the first, I would not be surprised. I what think- is it that makes you such a believer that they're going to get through that second round matchup? You wouldn't be surprised if they lost in seven games to the Nets or the Magic? No. Whoa. 
I'm calling shots right now, dude. Hey, what if we? Oh. What what have we seen from the Raptors in the past when Kawhi Leonard wasn't there? It's still the we've same. Seen team, we've seen them lose to LeBron. We've seen them lose to LeBron, not Karis Levert. And Nikola Boy, then that's uh, you know you don't want to take too much away from scrimmages, but uh, if if last night was oh that any was in, fucking ugly. If last night oh was any God, indication was of, of what we're gonna see. From oh, they the look absolutely forward. terrible. No, they, I'm I'm more so leading towards the Magic. I'd really like to see the Magic in the Raptors play a series. I mean. I'll say this. That would be well, difficult. The, the only that thing, would be difficult the, for the one, the one thing I'll give Colin a little bit here, and I, I, I don't agree with the point, um, but I will say that Toronto, and this is not based off anything that I can quantify, um, I do think they benefit more from a home crowd advantage than some other teams do. I think that that, that yep. stadium and that, that city is wild. For their team, and yeah, I, I legitimately think the team feeds off that, and I think that will hurt them a little bit not having it. That being said, um, I would be personally shocked if they lost a seven-game series to either the match. I mean, the Nets. Uh, it would be the most no, ridiculous thing in sports. Yeah. I'm but, more so leaning towards the Magic, obviously, with that. Yeah, uh, I just think as constructed that the, the Magic could give them a little bit of a problem. And Chip, if you're going to argue that, then we need to talk about a number of other things because you're Mr. Magic himself. So now you're setting now at? you're setting me up to have to argue <laughs> against the Magic. I you did that on purpose. I have no idea what you're talking about. He's, <laughs> he's cunning. He's cunning. Obviously, I wish Jonathan Isaac was playing because, dude, if they could just throw him on Siakam, I mean, you well, got six games. Would, well, he would lock Siakam up, obviously. Yeah, that's what I'm he already you get six games out of that. <laughs> yes, six games and a win for the Raptors, maybe. But yeah, I mean, I mean it's the same. Is, it's the same team. It's the same team that Toronto beat last year. The Raptors come out and blow their first round matchup out of the water in four games by like twenty points a pop because it's not happening. Of course it's not happening. No one's going to do that. Yeah. Let's not set this up like they're just going to dominate. No, there are questions about the Raptors team as constructed. So let's not, let's not start with the crazy talk. Of course there's questions. Yeah, there's questions about every team in the East. There's questions, there's questions about the Sixers. There's questions about the Celtics. There's questions about the Heat. There's questions. The only team there. Well, no, there's questions about the Bucks too. Bucks couldn't get it done last year. There's questions about Tatum. Tatum's never done this before. Definitely a lot on the also line. Also, Kemba. How healthy is Kemba? Kemba, well, Kemba's health, too. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I mean you know what, shoulder so much of a load. But I you think, I, mean? yeah, exactly. I think a lot of these guys coming back from the time off have really benefited, though, because I was while watching some of the games last night. You heard um, Paul George talk about the fact that this is the first time prior to a game that he didn't have to get like a shoulder treatment or something like that, um, which was pretty eye-opening. So I'm assuming maybe it's going to be some of the same for some of the other players. And, and I'm assuming that that has to be the case a little bit with Oladipo because, I mean, for him to really risk what he could be risking to come back here, don't, 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 don't get me wrong, from a competitive standpoint, I love it. If he was playing on my team, I'd love it. If he was my teammate, I'd love it. But just from a, a business and, and personal standpoint, there's a lot a lot of chips that he's putting in the center of the pot right now. Um, but we'll see as my voice That was cute. Imagine if, imagine if DeMarcus Cousins had never come back for the Warriors. Yeah. What if he just sat out? You know, he'd be in a completely different situation right now, most likely. Yeah. Um, Chip, anything else that, that's heat-related? I think I kind of... I, I think I only had like one other Kelly Olynyk question, but we kind of touched on it already. I was just going to ask about his player option, but I don't know. I think he's going. He's opting in, man. Again, it's, it's the, the culture. The only thing I was going to say, the only thing I was going to say about that though is like it's thirteen mil, so it's it's a good amount for him. But he, if I was him, I would also consider where I can get a four year deal. You know, at at around a similar price or maybe like a little bit less because, you know, he's, I, I mean, 
He's a valuable player, but I don't know how much time he has left to like really maximize his earning potential. But um, no, absolutely, and that's that's just rubber demon, which is why I was saying that. I mean, if he, if his uh, his team, his reps get word that somebody does want to offer him a big deal, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Like, imagine if the Raptors came knocking and they wanted to give some sort of a deal because they're losing Gasol and Ibaka. Yeah, like I could very well see that happening. Like. He's Canadian, for Christ's sake. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, even if it was just $15 million a year over three years. You know, with like a team option on the third year. That's a really good point. God, that's uh, a lot just, of money for him. I, I mean, right now he makes 13, Chip. He's pretty good, man. I don't know. I know, but I feel... Doesn't that cut into their? Um, yeah, it will. Like, it will. If they, if they, if it's, a, if they sign to a long-term deal, it will cut into it for sure. And they still have to pay Bam. You know, they don't know what they want to do yet with Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson. Like they do the Heat. This is a big off-season for the Heat. They got to figure some shit out. They really like for a really good team. They've got a, a lot of questions. Like their team. I don't want to say that it could look vastly different next year, but. Um, they, they definitely have a ton of shit to figure out. I tell you who else, I don't think you want to be the team that overpays Derek Jones Jr. I agree. I really don't. I don't think you want to be that team. And, you know, Pat Riley's a really smart guy. Yes. That's a guy that I'd watch to end up somewhere else. Yeah. I'd say they have six free agents. I'd say that Drogic, you know, Olenek, and, and Myers Leonard all come back next year. Yeah. Sure. I would never give a big contract to a guy that Pat Riley let leave. That seems like a very bad decision. Pat exactly. Riley, yeah. Danny but Ainge. I'm telling you, somebody's still going to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Suns, you have to come back knocking again? I don't know. Yeah. Kings. Kings. He's the king. Oh, that would be so Sacramento. It would be. Sacramento. Like a $45 million, $50 million deal for Derek Jones Jr. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so Sacramento. I'll tell you what, and just like to touch on one last thing that has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I'd be remiss if I wasn't put on some sort of pod and didn't mention it. The Blazers look terrific. That's what I heard. Yeah, what did you think? Well, I, so I we watched... didn't talk about Mellow. Yeah, we've yeah. got to talk about Little Mellow. I, I did, uh, so two things, right? Like, I saw the classic, like, fuck out of here when he got the rebound. Yeah. Um, and, of course, now that there's no fans, like, it's, like, you know, so loud. <laughs> Um, but he, he, he had his patented, uh, you know, turnaround and lane on a baseline jumper that is just like so smooth. He's been hitting that since fucking 2003. Um, you know, dude, listen, me and Chip have talked about the Blazers before, like very interesting team. Apparently Nurkic looked good. They have a very interesting front court, which they're going to have to figure out because Collins is now healthy. They obviously have Whiteside, Nurkic, um, yeah, man, I am. I'm very interested to see how that. I still think the Grizzlies get that eighth spot. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm very very interested in watching Trailblazers going forward. I, I think if it comes down to a play-in situation, all my money goes on the Blazers immediately. Okay. If it comes down to a play-in situation for the eighth spot, I'm giving it to the Blazers. Yeah. But yeah. The veteran yeah. presence alone. Yeah. I'll give that. I'll yeah. give that to the Blazers. I would too. I, I don't think it will. It would have to be such a horrible choke by the Grizzlies to have it come down to that, and I don't think they'll yeah, choke like that. But yeah, under that circumstance, I, I'd heavily rely on just what we've seen from Damian Lillard. You know, as recently yeah, as last year. True. Yeah, under that circumstance, yeah, you go with the best they player. They just—it's a scrimmage. I'm not going to try and pull too much from this, but. He just does so much for them. Yeah. That him being on the floor almost makes them a different team. Yeah. Um, Are you talking about Bull Bull? Yeah, yeah, talking about Bull Bull. (laughs) So, uh, I just realized today that that means Whiteside has to come off the bench. That's hilarious. (laughs) He's averaging 3.1 blocks per game. 3.1 blocks per game, and they're about to put him on the bench. It's crazy. It's a good problem to have. I, don't, I mean, they have to. They have to. But I mean, I this was his like, job. You know? 
how meaningful I, I know you obviously know Whiteside's game better than me, but how meaningful are Whiteside's three point one blocks? Like yeah. you don't he, he always he always gets because he always gets shit on for his defense. Like like they never like his stats never mattered and all that. Oh, the Blazers have not been a good defensive team this year, but yeah. You don't get 3.1 blocks per game by bullshit. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you look at it more like two blocks per game? Sure. But that's still, I mean, two blocks per game for a guy that gets shit on for his defense. You know? But he blocks more shots per game than Tyson Chandler. But who, who whose defense contributes more to winning? His defense or Tyson right Chandler's? No, I mean in their, in their prime. In their prime. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Now you're talking about Tyson Chandler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? He's averaging more blocks than Shaq. Like, uh, what do you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, who contributes more to winning, Shaq or Hassan Whiteside? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go Shaq on that one, Chip, but that was a tough one. I appreciate that. No, you know you know what I mean. Tyson Chandler's a defensive center, not like him. Yeah, Whiteside's not, not a well scorer. I just love the comparison. It is a comparison. They're both defensive players. Sure, yeah. Didn't Whiteside get, uh, wasn't he up for defensive player of the year one year? Yeah. I highly Was he? I think um, it, 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 could have been, it could have been the year he led the league in, uh, well, no, he might be leading the league in blocks this year, too. I, um, I don't think he won, but I think he got votes. No, he definitely didn't win. I'm surprised to hear that he was even like top three at one point. I just remember, even when he was playing like at his height in Miami, he was constantly the butt of jokes, and yeah. mostly from yeah. like the Dan Levitard show. But Dude, yeah, speaking of butt of jokes, Javale McGee is hooping. Is he hooping really? right now? Oh, I got the Yankee game on, but I'm gonna check it out. What, um, anything else he related? I know that we touched on a lot of Miami stuff, but I don't think I have too many other questions. I don't think so. I was just going to ask, uh, if, if we thought that the Sixers might tank so they, so they could face the Celtics in the first round instead of the Heat. I, like, I, I saw the standings and I, I actually thought that might be a good move by them. <laughs> like, I think it would be a good move. That would, no, yeah. If I was the Sixers, I would much rather want to play Celtics. Hell yeah. Right Hell yeah. Jimmy Butler has their mother number. Completely. Him, him alone just does so much in that matchup. Just him stepping on the court like, does so much to their mental state. I mean, three and again? one. Three and, I said, just him stepping on the court does so much to their mental state. Like, three and one this year. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't see that. That's what I'm saying, yep. And again, like, yeah, I mean, he's just going to be actively recruiting Joel Embiid the entire game, you know, like the entire series. They're, they're going to be, like, talking while they're running. Yeah, so how are the beaches? You know, how, how are the living things? You know, what's the price of living down there? You know, how's the weather? And I'm fucking – it's – he's so in their heads. Right. I promise you. All right, my man. And there's going to be reports – there's going to be reports and tweets and stuff about their conversations in between games during oh, yeah. the locker room oh, yeah. about oh, yeah. Miami. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like group group FaceTime, you know, news leaks that get out, like yeah. the uh, the DeAndre Jordan, KD, Kyrie one. Like, there's going to be stuff like that, I'm sure. I'm positive. Yeah. Wob is going to yeah. tweet out videos of them talking to each other with their hands over their with mouths. Their shirt oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. One of these. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, and while we're here, while we're on the platform, hashtag free watch. Can't do shit. Free my boy. Oh, uh, God. Get Woj out of there. I know, man. We need, we need, we need these, uh, we need these fucking Woj bombs, man. Uh, my brother, my brother saw him at a restaurant, like, five minutes away from where we live here. Really? Yeah, he was what out was with that? his daughter. Holy shit. Uh, a few days ago. He lives in the same town as me. 
Woj, that's a Woj sighting. Wow, very. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chip, I didn't know that. Yeah. I would have tweeted that. We've done, we've done 29 yeah. of these episodes, and you waited until now just to spring that on me. By the way, Woj lives well, in my but, town. <laughs> we, I didn't have, like, a picture or anything. No, nah, I know. To say, to, like... That is I pretty good. I, mean, I think people still would have believed you, like, just based on where you're at. <laughs> nah. Um, I think that probably does it for us, though. I think we've, we've exhausted the heat and uh, the other tangential topics, but I'm excited, man. I mean, like, even these scrimmages are going pretty well. It, I don't know about you guys, but I actually think that the basketball has not been as sloppy as I thought it would. It, it is sloppy, but I, I thought it would be worse. I thought, I thought people would be... What happened? I said, aside from the Nets and Wizards, everything's looked, like, pretty legit. yeah. Yeah, I think so yeah. too. I think so as well. Um, yeah. All right, Colin. Nuggets look great. Just throw throw one more thing in. Nuggets look so good. Yeah, they do. They, they do. look really good, especially they, with their yeah uh, against the, against the middle school team they play. They're all they look all, great. They put I out know, an, they exactly. put out an all center exactly. lineup. <laughs> all right, my guy, Colin. We're gonna let you go on that one. Um, thanks, man, for coming on tonight, talking heat with us. As always, you always know you're welcome. Uh, we hope you be well, and uh, thanks again for coming on the pod. Absolutely. Appreciate you, fellas. All righty. That's going to do it for us. Another episode of Hoops Addicts Anonymous in the books. Uh, we're looking to bring you guys a Hornets episode pretty, pretty soon, um, and an Atlanta Hawks episode as well. Uh, so until then, we hope everyone is safe, and we'll talk to you soon.